Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and my guest today is Andrea Miller, the Executive Director of People Demanding Action, and on and on, reclaiming our vote for solar energy and climate justice. I hope we'll get to that today because there's so much to cover. I know you've got legislative plans and programs. You're choosing candidates who support, and you're training lobbyists. So where do we start, Andrea? You choose. Oh, well, let's start with I'm, I'm loving the lobbyist training. I'm going to get some dates up on one of our websites where people who want to learn how to advocate for legislation you believe in, I'll be doing some online live training workshops. So I love your statement before the break, not all lobbyists are bad, mm. and that's true. There are lobbyists that are paid for by the corporations, and they basically go to city council, the General Assembly, uh, the U.S. Congress, and they lobby or advocate on behalf of whoever happens to be paying them. Mm -hmm. But we, the people, have just as much right, even more, to go to our elected representatives and tell them this is what we want or this is what we don't want. Mm. As a matter of fact, it should really be considered this is our civic duty because, again, if we don't bother to tell our elected representatives what we want, what we don't want, then the only voice whispering in their ear are corporate voices. Yes. So... Very, very important that, number one, we really take a look at legislation. It isn't that hard to read. People go, oh, good Lord, I'm going to have to read bills. That's so scary. No, it's not. They're written in English. You can read it. <laughs> and the other thing is know what you want in terms of public policy. And then you 
church members and whomever, write it down, and then start talking to legislators and see if someone will draft a bill. Hmm. One of the pieces of legislation that excites me the most in Virginia is the Virginia Green New Deal. Yes. That is a piece of legislation where it was written by probably 30, 35 organizations. We got together. Each organization had a part that they were working on, and we all contributed, and then based on what we contributed, and we were very democratic, everybody put in their ideas, and then we all voted on, yeah, we want to do this, and yes, we want to do this now, or yeah, we want to do this, but we don't want to do it this year. Mm -hmm. And we came up with the Virginia Green New Deal. Wow. How long is it? It is an impressive piece of legislation. How does one find out more about the Virginia Green Deal? And did it precede the National Green Deal? No, 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 no. The National Green New Deal came out first. Okay. And that is a very weak piece of legislation, uh-huh. the one that's in the House. And now states have begun drafting their own version of a Green New Deal. So the first thing that people have to understand about the Green New Deal is it isn't just climate legislation. Hmm. It is has a climate piece, a very strong climate piece. It has a very strong jobs piece. And it also has a very strong democracy or voting piece. Mm-hmm. All of those things go into forming a new deal, meaning it is justice for us, we the people, Mm -hmm. and then it is also green. It is justice for Mother Earth. Now, I'm going to give you the bill number. Please. The bill has been introduced in the Virginia House by Delegate Sam Rizul. Oh, I know Sam. Yes, the bill number is HB. HB stands for House Bill 77. All right, now, I know there are a number of listeners, your listeners, who have been fighting pipelines. Mm -hmm. The first part of the Green New Deal, it establishes a moratorium, meaning we're not going to do this anymore. You've got to stop. Effective January 1, 2021. That's next year. Yes on approval by any state agency or political subdivision of any approval required for electric generating facilities that generate fossil fuel energy through the combustion of a fossil fuel resource. No more gas-fired power plants. Mm. No more coal-fired power plants. They will not be approved import or export terminals. So when they build gas pipelines, normally they don't use that energy here. It all gets exported overseas. Mm. Maintenance activities related to import or export terminals. And here's a huge one for us. 
gathering lines or pipelines for the transport of any fossil fuel resource that requires the use of eminent domain on private property. So all the people in those central and western and northwestern and southwestern counties and even in Hampton Roads and now about to be northern Virginia mm. where Dominion Energy and the big fossil fuel corporations have come in and seized their land by eminent domain, cut down trees and run pipelines. It ends all that. Yes. January of next year. So that is very very aggressive and then it also says we will have 80 percent electricity sold by retail electric suppliers in the years 2028 through 2035 80 percent of that must be from renewable energy wow that is quite a bill this is delicate sam rusul Yes, uh, and and where yeah. where is it in well first of all this goes back to let's go let's reach out to every level of government but let us right. not forget local government and state right. government obviously what are its chances do you think G- give us the name of it gang HB it is HB 77 and the Green New Deal Act by oh. Delegate Sam Russell now, is there where do we go where we can read it and really is is there a place online? Well, there's three places that I use. Uh-huh. Since you have the bill number HB seventy seven, you can go to lis.virginia.gov. That is the actual Virginia legislative information system. Mm-hmm. You can go there. You can also go to richmondsunlight.com. They have a bill tracking service, and I like that service to go and find, as they say, what are the most interesting bills, and then they give you a count. Mm. There are 615 bills that have been filed in the Virginia House of Bar and 325 that have been filed in the Senate. So you can go there, you can go to bills, you can put in a topic, and it will show you any bills that have been filed on that topic. Excellent. And And then finally, um, now this is a big one, trackbill.com. Trackbill allows you to say, you know what? The Equal Rights Amendment, I'm interested in what is going on in this country legislatively with the Equal Rights Amendment. It will search congressional bills and bills in all 50 states that relate to whatever you ask it to search for. And then you can compare bills or see what kind of legislation is out there. So sometimes I use track bill when I want to compare what other states are doing, especially if I'm in the process of drafting legislation. Mm. What are other states doing? And I may use that as a starting point rather than just starting from a blank page. Mm. Okay, so three resources, trackbill.com, 
richmansunlight.com and lis.virginia.gov and spell out Virginia, lis.virginia.gov. How does a citizen, a single individual citizen, draft legislation and then what do you do with it? Well, number one, a single individual citizen probably should not be drafting legislation. Okay. You should be sitting down with friends and neighbors, especially if you are impacted by something bad. Mm -hmm. And you should all be talking about what you want that legislation to be. Because, again, remember, you're going to need to build up support. So the Green New Deal already has quite a bit of support because so many organizations were integral to actually putting the bill together. Uh You're not going to have all these organizations draft the bill and then go, no, we don't support it. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute, you wrote it. Exactly. (laughs) That's just silly. So that's the first thing I'm going to say. You want to draft a piece of legislation Go and gather up your neighbors, your family, your friends. Maybe you have people in organizations that represent this type of issue. Sit down with them and, number one, figure out does somebody already have something that does what you're trying to do? Mm -hmm. If not, then you're really going to need to make two very important decisions. Number one, what is the scope? of what you're trying to do. So if you're only trying to do something in your neighborhood, then you're probably going to city council Mm -hmm. or your board of supervisors. If, however, you are trying to influence something statewide, I don't want this ever happening in Virginia again. Mm -hmm. We don't ever want private property seized by eminent domain to build pipelines. Mm -hmm. That needs to go to the state. And if what you have is, I don't want this happening in any other state in the union, Mm. then it needs to go to Congress. Mm -hmm. It needs to go to the federal government. Okay. All right. Well, this, this has been, this has been the, the best lesson in civics I've had in a long time. I, I don't want to end, however, before we talk about uh, what you're doing to train lobbyists, because I assume um, most, well, lobbyists, as you pointed out, the ones we're used to hearing about, the bad guys with a lot of money from corporatism that protects, for instance, factory farmers so they can continue to feed us with bacteria. But anyway. And, and yes. And yes. But what about, well, you have made me a lobbyist, I, you, so I know the answer to this, but I want everyone to understand how this can work and how you, you said you're going to have an online uh, training. Tell us when we can look for that, when can we expect it, and what, what link will it be when, we, when it's time? When will it release? Now, our new organization, the National Women's Political Caucus, is a 501c4, so that is an advocacy organization. So that means, as an organization, we will lobby. We will quite probably sponsor the training through that, as well as people demanding action. Mm. Now, when we talk about lobbying, I want people to know Lobbying is the simplest thing in your world, Mm -hmm. and everybody knows incredibly impactful and effective 
lobbyist, i.e. your children, your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren. So when I teach the course, one of the first questions I ask people are, how many of you have ever given a child something after you told them emphatically no, they were not going to get it? Mm. And invariably, if I'm like training live, I'm in a room, (laughs) every hand sort of sheepishly goes up. Mm. And Mm. then I tell people that is what lobbying looks like. Mm. It is consistent and it is persistent. So this notion of a whole bunch of people showing up to lobby on one day is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of. Mm. You need to be consistent and persistent. You once a year and never come back? Mm. No. Yeah. They are at City Council General Assembly in Congress every week, if not every day. So if you are serious about whatever legislation you want to get passed, you better be prepared to come up with a plan where your lobbying is consistent and persistent. Mm. And and that means it, it doesn't necessarily mean the same person or persons have to be there every day, but within the organization and the group of friends and family and churchgoers and synagogue and whatever, as you've mentioned, that there are people representing this. Right. Uh, and, and how do we... Uh, what do you think of these online, I get requests for them all the time, the online surveys that try, of course, everyone wants my opinion on a uh, candidate, but but what about the, the issues, the policies? What, what do you do? Right now, online petitions are something that I use and all the big national organizations use on a very consistent basis. Mm. We will use petitions to educate people who may have an interest in an issue about a piece of legislation that is going to accomplish what we need. Because most people do not sit down and read the entire Virginia LIS three times the way that I do. Because I'm always looking for new bills that I'm either going to support or that potentially I'm going to oppose. So we use petitions as a way to educate people. Now, the next level of a petition is an email campaign where we give you the ability to put in your name and address. The system looks up your legislator, be they state or federal, Mm -hmm. and then we'll send them an email, often with a bill number in it, saying, we want you to co-sponsor or we want you to vote yes or no on bill blah, 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 blah. And again, that means you don't have to get in your car and drive down to the office and sit and talk with people. The experts, we have drafted language that says this is why we are supporting or opposing this piece of legislation. So everyone should look for one that will come out. It will be a direct email campaign on the Equal Rights Amendment in Virginia, Mm. which, interestingly enough, is SJ1, Jennifer McClellan, and HJ1, Jennifer Carroll Foy. Oh, wow. We are very serious about the Equal Rights Amendment. It was the first bill introduced in both chambers this session. 
in the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's very impressive. We there's you know there's never enough time, Andrea. But I want to make certain. Did I give you time to say when the lobby training will start? I don't know that I did. The the lobby training will start probably. I I may actually start something next week. It will then go on through mid February, and then we may, if there's a demand, have it every month. Because whether you're lobbying your city council, your state representatives, or your federal representatives, lobbying is lobbying. The only thing that's going to change is the bill numbers and the reason why you're supporting or opposing it. But the basic premises of what you are going to do when you are lobbying elected officials as a citizen never changes. Exactly. All right, we must go, but before we go, please uh, do a shout out for the Mass Assembly and Moral March on Washington in June 20, 2020. Tell us a, a bit about that. Oh, and we are currently training bus captains tonight. It is our goal in Virginia to send 650 people to Washington. We have buses leaving from all over the state to find out more about what is going on in Virginia and find out where our buses are. Visit Poor People's Campaign VA.org. And right on the front page, on the right-hand side, is information about the buses. And as I said, we have buses leaving from every corner of Virginia. And hint, hint, we are looking for people to organize in Charlottesville. Uh, We need to talk uh, right after the show. There's something else that I want to ask you to make certain I get involved in as well. Uh, So... Uh, well, this is this is always, you know, and folks listening won't believe that Andrea and I often when we're going to talk on radio, we we go, well, do we have any talking points? And then we both laugh uh, because we don't need them. There is so much that is happening. And what's beautiful about it is uh, what is beautiful and sad and challenging is that so many of us are not daily involved or even aware that there are so many of us of we the people who really are out there making a difference every single day in ways that we we don't quite grasp how powerful they are. But that's what grassroots really means. And it's it's the grassroots where things grow. How's that? Okay. I love it. Okay. Well, we have been listening to Andrea Miller, the executive director of the People Demanding Action, very much in, in support of and advocating for solar energy climate justice we didn't get to discuss in detail but think about it a climate justice who gets oh hurt God, first the God, most that's oh that's right okay so we did cover it excellent she's all over now virginia alabama pennsylvania some western texas. states texas southeast united states of america and so we we need to all be a part of this and do our part i guess that's what it comes down to right andrea Exactly. Thank you so much, Andrea Miller, for being on our show today. As always, we are better for it, and we wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. And now, enjoy Watchfire Music featuring vocal artist Jenny Burton singing Tear Down the House from Is Anybody Listening? Tear it up. 
Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and my guest today is Andrea Miller, the Executive Director of People Demanding Action, and on and on, reclaiming our vote for solar energy and climate justice. I hope we'll get to that today because there's so much to cover. I know you've got legislative plans and programs. You're choosing candidates who support, and you're training lobbyists. So where do we start, Andrea? You choose. I'm going to get some dates up on one of our websites where people who want to learn how to advocate for legislation you believe in, I'll be doing some online live training workshops. So I love your statement before the break. Not all lobbyists are bad, Mm. and that's true. There are lobbyists that are paid for by the corporations, and they basically go to city council, the General Assembly, uh, the U.S. Congress, and they lobby or advocate on behalf of whoever happens to be paying them. Mm -hmm. But we, the people, have just as much right, even more, to go to our elected representatives and tell them this is what we want or this is what we don't want. Mm. As a matter of fact, it should really be considered this is our civic duty. Because again, if we don't bother to tell our elected representatives what we want, what we don't want, then the only voice whispering in their ear are corporate voices. Yes. So very, very important that, number one, we really take a look at legislation. It isn't that hard to read. People go, oh, good Lord, I'm going to have to read bills. That's so scary. No, it's not. They're written in English. You can (laughs) read it. And the other thing is know what you want in terms of public policy. And then 
you and your friends and neighbors and church members and whomever write it down and then start talking to legislators and see if someone will draft a bill. Hmm. One of the pieces of legislation that excites me the most in Virginia is the Virginia Green New Deal. Yes. That is a piece of legislation where it was written by probably 30, 35 organizations. We got together. Each organization had a part that they were working on, and we all contributed, and then based on what we contributed, and we were very democratic, everybody put in their ideas, and then we all voted on, yeah, we want to do this, and yes, we want to do this now, or yeah, we want to do this, but we don't want to do it this year. Mm -hmm. And we came up with the Virginia Green New Deal. Wow. How long is it? It is an impressive piece of legislation. How does one find out more about the Virginia Green Deal? And did it precede the National Green Deal? No, 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 no. The National Green New Deal came out first. And that is a very weak piece of legislation, Uh the one that's in the House. And now states have begun drafting their own version of a Green New Deal. So the first thing that people have to understand about the Green New Deal is it isn't just climate legislation. Hmm. It is has a climate piece, a very strong climate piece. It has a very strong jobs piece. And it also has a very strong democracy or voting piece. Mm -hmm. All of those things go into forming a new deal, meaning it is justice for us, we the people, Mm -hmm. and then it is also green. It is justice for Mother Earth. Now, I'm going to give you the bill number. Please. The bill has been introduced in the Virginia House by Delegate Sam Rizul. Oh, I know Sam. The bill number, yes, the bill number is HB. HB stands for House Bill 77. All right, now, I know there are a number of listeners, your listeners, who have been fighting pipelines. Mm -hmm. The first part of the Green New Deal, it establishes a moratorium, meaning we're not going to do this anymore. You've got to stop. Effective January 1, 2021. That's next year. Yes on approval by any state agency or political subdivision of any approval required for electric generating facilities that generate fossil fuel energy through the combustion of a fossil fuel resource. No more gas-fired power plants. Mm. No more coal-fired power plants. They will not be approved import or export terminals. So when they build gas pipelines, normally they don't use that energy here. It all gets exported overseas. Mm. Maintenance activities related to import or export terminals 
And here's a huge one for us. Gathering lines or pipelines for the transport of any fossil fuel resource that requires the use of eminent domain on private property. So all the people in those central and western and northwestern and southwestern counties and even in Hampton Roads and now about to be northern Virginia, mm. where Dominion Energy and the big fossil fuel corporations have come in and seized their land by eminent domain, cut down trees and run pipelines. It ends all that. Yes. January of next year. So that is very, very aggressive. And then it also says we will have 80 percent electricity sold by retail electric suppliers in the years 2028 through 2035. 80 percent of that must be from renewable energy. Wow, that is quite a bill. This is Delicate Sam Rousseau. Yes. Uh, and and where yeah. where is it? In, in well, first of all, this goes back to let's go, let's reach out to every level of government, but let us right. not forget local government and state right. government. Obviously, what are its chances? Do you think? Give us the name of it, gang. HB. It is HB seventy seven, and Green New Deal Act by oh. Delegate Sam Rousseau. Now, is there, where do we go where we can read it and really, is, is there a place online? Well, there's three places that I use. Uh-huh. Since you have the bill number, HB 77, you can go to lis.virginia.gov. That is the actual Virginia legislative information system. Mm-hmm. You can go there. You can also go to richmondsunlight.com. They have a bill tracking service, and I like that service to go and find, as they say, what are the most interesting bills, and then they give you a count. Mm. There are 615 bills that have been filed in the Virginia House so far and 325 that have been filed in the Senate. So you can go there, you can go to bills, you can put in a topic, and it will show you any bills that have been filed on that topic. Excellent. And And then finally, um, now this is a big one, trackbill.com. Trackbill allows you to say, you know what, the Equal Rights Amendment I'm interested in what is going on in this country legislatively with the Equal Rights Amendment. It will search congressional bills and bills in all 50 states that relate to whatever you ask it to search for. And then you can compare bills or see what kind of legislation is out there. So sometimes I use track bill when I want to compare what other states are doing, especially if I'm in the process of drafting legislation. Mm. What are other states doing? And I may use that as a starting point rather than just starting from a blank page. Mm. Okay. So three resources, trackbill.com, 
richmansunlight.com and lis.virginia.gov and spell out Virginia, lis.virginia.gov. How does a citizen, a single individual citizen, draft legislation and then what do you do with it? Well, number one, a single individual citizen probably should not be drafting legislation. Okay. You should be sitting down with friends and neighbors, especially if you are impacted by something bad. Mm-hmm. And you should all be talking about what you want that legislation to be. Because, again, remember, you're going to need to build up support. So the Green New Deal already has quite a bit of support because so many organizations were integral to actually putting the bill together. Uh-huh. You're not going to have all these organizations draft the bill and then go, no, we don't support it. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute, you wrote it. Exactly. <laughs> that's just so- silly. Oh. So that's the first thing I'm going to say. You want to draft a piece of legislation Go and gather up your neighbors, your family, your friends. Maybe you have people in organizations that represent this type of issue. Sit down with them and, number one, figure out does somebody already have something that does what you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. If not, then you're really going to need to make two very important decisions. Number one, what is the scope? of what you're trying to do. So if you're only trying to do something in your neighborhood, then you're probably going to city council Mm -hmm. or your board of supervisors. If, however, you are trying to influence something statewide, I don't want this ever happening in Virginia again. Mm -hmm. We don't ever want private property seized by eminent domain to build pipelines. Mm -hmm. That needs to go to the state. And if what you have is, I don't want this happening in any other state in the union, Mm -hmm. then it needs to go to Congress. Mm -hmm. It needs to go to the federal government. Okay. All right. Well, this, this has been, this has been the, the best lesson in civics I've had in a long time. I, I don't want to end, however, before we talk about uh, what you're doing to train lobbyists, because I assume um, uh, most, well, lobbyists, as you pointed out, the ones who are used to hearing about the bad guys with a lot of money from corporatism that protects, for instance, factory farmers so they can continue to feed us with bacteria. But anyway. And yes. Yes. But what about, well, you have made me a lobbyist, I, you, so I know the answer to this, but I want everyone to understand how this can work and how you, you said you're going to have an online uh, training. Tell us when we can look for that, when can we expect it, and what, what link will it be when, we, when it's time? When will it release? Now, our new organization, the National Women's Political Caucus, is a 501c4, so that is an advocacy organization. So that means, as an organization, we will lobby. We will quite probably sponsor the training through that, as well as people demanding action. Mm. Now, when we talk about lobbying, I want people to know Lobbying is the simplest thing in your world, Mm -hmm. and everybody knows incredibly 
impactful and effective lobbyists, yes. i.e. your children, your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren. So when I teach the course, one of the first questions I ask people are, how many of you have ever given a child something after you told them emphatically no, they were not going to get it? Mm. And invariably, if I'm like training live yeah. and I'm in a room, <laughs> every hand sort of sheepishly goes up. Mm. And mm. then I tell people that is what lobbying looks like. Mm. It is consistent and it is persistent. So this notion of a whole bunch of people showing up to lobby on one day is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of. Mm -hmm. You need to be consistent and persistent. We once a year and never come back? Yeah. No. Yeah. They are at City Council General Assembly in Congress every week, if not every day. So if you are serious about whatever legislation you want to get passed, you better be prepared to come up with a plan where your lobbying is consistent and persistent. Mm. And, and that means it, it doesn't necessarily mean the same person or persons have to be there every day, but within the organization and the group of friends and family and churchgoers and synagogue and whatever, as you've mentioned, that there are people representing this. Uh, uh, and and how do we, uh, what do you think of these online, I get requests for them all the time, the online surveys that try, of course, everyone wants my opinion on a uh, candidate, but but what about the, the issues, the policies? What, what do you do? Right now, online petitions are something that I use and all the big national organizations use on a very consistent basis. Mm. We will use petitions to educate people who may have an interest in an issue about a piece of legislation that is going to accomplish what we need. Because most people do not sit down and read the entire Virginia LIS three times the way that I do. Yes. Because I'm always looking for new bills that I'm either going to support or that potentially I'm going to oppose. Yes. So we use petitions as a way to educate people. Now, the next level of a petition is an email campaign where we give you the ability to put in your name and address. The system looks up your legislator, be they state or federal, mm -hmm. and then we'll send them an email, often with a bill number in it, saying, we want you to co-sponsor or we want you to vote yes or no on bill blah, 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 blah. And again, that means you don't have to get in your car and drive down to the office and sit and talk with people. The experts, we have drafted language that says this is why we are supporting or opposing this piece of legislation. So everyone should look for one that will come out. It will be a direct email campaign on the Equal Rights Amendment in Virginia, mm. which, interestingly enough, is SJ1, uh, Jennifer McClellan, ah. and HJ1, Jennifer Carroll Foy. Oh, wow. We this... are very serious about the Equal Rights Amendment. It was the first bill 
introduced in both chambers this session. In the Commonwealth of Virginia, that's very that impressive. We there, there's you know there's never enough time, Andrea. But I want to make certain: did I give you time to say when the lobby training will start? I don't know that I did. The the lobby training will start probably. I I may actually start something next week. It will then go on through mid February. And then we may, if there's a demand, have it every month. Okay. Because whether you're lobbying your city council, your state representative, or your federal representative, lobbying is lobbying. The only thing that's going to change is the bill numbers and the reason why you're supporting or opposing it. Yes. But the basic premises of what you are going to do when you are lobbying elected officials as a citizen never changes. Exactly. All right, we must go, but before we go, please uh, do a shout-out for the Mass Assembly and Moral March on Washington in June 20, 2020. Tell us a, a bit about that. Oh, and we are currently training bus captains tonight. It is our goal in Virginia to send 650 people to Washington. We have buses leaving from all over the state to find out more about what is going on in Virginia and find out where our buses are, visit Poor People's Campaign hyphenva.org. And right on the front page on the right hand side is information about the buses. And as I said, we have buses leaving from every corner of Virginia and hint hint we are looking for people to organize in Charlottesville. Uh, we need to talk uh, right after the show. There's something else that I want to ask you to make certain I get involved in as well. Uh, okay. So, uh, well, this is uh, this is always, you know, and folks listening won't believe that Andrea and I often when we're going to talk on radio, we, we go, well, do we have any talking points? And then we both laugh. Uh, because we don't need them. There is so much that is happening. And what's beautiful about it is, uh, uh, what is beautiful and sad and challenging is that so many of us are not daily involved or even aware that there are so many of us, of we the people who really are out there making a difference every single day in ways that we, we don't quite grasp how powerful they are. But that's what grassroots really means. And it's it's the grassroots where things grow. How's that? Okay. I love it. Okay. Well, we have been listening to Andrea Miller, the executive director of the People Demanding Action, very much in, in support of and advocating for solar energy, climate justice. We didn't get to discuss in detail, but think about it. A climate justice. Who gets oh, hurt first the most? That's oh, that's right. Okay, so we did cover it. Excellent. She's all over now. Virginia, Alabama, Pennsylvania, some Western states, Texas, Southeast, United States of America. And so we we need to all be a part of this and do our part. I guess that's what it comes down to. Right, Andrea? Right. Do our part for democracy. Exactly. Thank you so much, Andrea Miller, for being on our show today. As always, we are better for it. And we wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. And now, enjoy Watchfire Music featuring vocal artist Jenny Burton singing Tear Down the House 
from Is Anybody Listening? Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Pompeo's Safer World. North Korea, NRA, Russia, Trump's Iran, or how Americans have been programmed. When America was a 1776 infant, drinking the milk of human kindness, speaking childlike about the necessity of a peculiar institution, while failing to understand the necessity for a 1791 Bill of Rights, or trusting in a peaceful transition of 13 rebellious colonies surviving an 1812 war, united, almost, for justice for all. Nonetheless, in that moment some envisioned a new work-in-progress nation, whose people, 244 years later, might hereby resolve to revive this fact. America's progress depends on Americans rising up to live out the true meaning of we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. By embracing the example of men and women like Lincoln, Eleanor Roosevelt, Martin Luther King Jr., and the Squad, we can begin again the journey to put away childish things, replacing them with an evolution in wisdom. Equal means equal, defining our exceptionalism with one person, one vote. In 2020, however, unlike Jacob, we struggle because of our better angels to again learn the transitional path from divided we fall to united we stand. Possibly extremely right-wing extremists with or without uniting the right, whether tiki torchbearers chanting Jews will not replace us or not, just can't let go of what should never have been. Maybe more than Trump family's charity, university, and GOP was morally bankrupt before taking America's homeland security, working class stability, and electoral faith in voting machines on an infamous descending escalator of self-mutilation. 
safer isn't American elections steeped in the neglect of non-voters, the vampire drool of red matting, and gerrymandered clots weaning us off the ascension of democracy. Reminiscent of 1776 loyalists, even before Trump's election, there was more rotten in the state of the United States than rancid rubles routinely rippling through our rifling NRA to lock and load the tapestry of treachery. Maybe it's time we temper our gullibility to believing our American dream was felled only by a carnival barker, because it is the unseen conniving puppeteers who sacrifice our youth as cannon fodder on the altar of perpetual war. The Trump administration and its minions prove 1930s European history is auditioning in America. It takes comparatively few, charmed by the silver tongue of all that glitters, to exchange our freedom of thought to being superficial, subservient consumers with short-term memory loss. Thus branded, we increasingly follow the bigoted, brainless, and brainwashed, disciplined by too-big-to-jail corporatism. Without the annual recycling of media-manipulating joy to the world into a trivialized, perfunctory sense of calculated year-end loss, haven't we planted in-depth roots of love and loss every day? If not, then we've been programmed for so long in so many ways we can't even grieve outside the box. Why not celebrate the lives we most admire by emulating them while they live, and after they depart, celebrate their praiseworthy paths by forging ahead, contributing our talents, rather than crying on cue each time another TV news program tries to outdo the other with the same monologue. Perhaps our headline-seeking 45th POTUS believes he can choose who cannot enter America because of our 34th president following in lockstep extension of the not-so-silent-on-eugenics president made America a safer place with Operation Wetback. It's time to thank Donald Trump with an exit visa. For teaching us with men like him and his enablers, we the people can now see what we've wrought on the righteous forsaken and their children begging for bread from ice internment camp cages, fulfilling Stephen Miller's American dream. How about we cast off the dust of 2019 deceptions from our feet and kick up our heels for a new reach for the stars truth, knowing in every life and nation comes the moment to decide never out of convenience born, but rather dredged up from character neglect, deliberately creating an abyss of escalating animosity between honesty and perjury, jousting all of us between good intentions and evil's disinformation. Understandably, our courage can be more akin to Romeo's inconstant moon than transformative filmic superheroes. However, if we love children and confront climate change cunningly crafted cons, dealers in factory farm bacteria, and marketers of inequity, then we can be of good cheer every time we make a liberating impact on the lives of people marooned by the government we elect. For one brief shining moment, I was my hero, Zorro galloping on horseback to save a friend's 14-year-old asthmatic daughter from falling off a dangerously out-of-control runaway. Heroism, like patriotism, can end America's addiction to electing arrogant, self-serving, dishonest leaders who, too long, have defined us as international terrorists. It's time we resurrect our love thy neighbor as thyself honor. 
renewing ourselves, we could yet be our children's heroes with the watchfires of our hearts. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.